Hi, it's Rob West. You know, MoneyWise Media is a biblically-based financial nonprofit organization that, with the Lord's help and guidance, exists to educate, equip, and connect people to meet the growing demands of today's culture. Now, we do this through our national radio programs and podcasts, our money management app, feature-rich website, and other resources. But it costs a lot of money to do all of this. So before we get to the podcast, I wanted to ask you to consider a monthly financial gift to MoneyWise. Please visit MoneyWise.org and click Donate. And thanks in advance for your generous partnership. Proverbs 16.16 tells us how much better to get wisdom than gold. To get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. Hi, I'm Rob West. It's easy to think that having more money will solve your problems. But God's Word says that wisdom is far more valuable than even gold. I'll talk about that with Jim Neuheiser today. And then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Money Wise, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Well, Jim Neuheiser joins us again today. He's a former financial consultant and a gifted author of several books on biblical finance. Jim, great to have you with us. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be with you. Jim, once again, we're diving into your latest book. It's a 31-day devotional titled Money, Seeking God's Wisdom. And, well, this time our topic is wisdom. Uh, I want to mention again that until the end of December, we're offering this devotion for a gift of any amount at moneywise.org. Just click the Donate button at the top of the page, and we'll be sure to get it out to you. All right, Jim, uh, on day 30 of your devotional, you write about how priceless wisdom is, far more valuable than money, of course. Uh, Tell us what prompted you to write about that particular principle. Well, how we spend our time and how we spend our money really reflects what we value in our hearts. Yet many people invest their time and their money in what does not really satisfy. In Isaiah chapter 55, verse 2, the Lord declares, Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance. And so the Lord is saying that the things that we pursue in the world that we think are going to make us really happy don't ever really satisfy our souls and that the ultimate satisfaction comes in our relationship with him and all that he gives us. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So then how should that motivate us as believers? Well, one would be just to pursue knowing God through his word and to invest time in spending the word. Part of the principle even of rest in the Bible is that God has made us productive enough in six days so that we can invest a day in seeking the Lord and worship with his people. And during the day, some people are so busy making money, pursuing their career, they'll say, well, I don't have time to read the Bible. I don't have time to pray with my family. And to recognize that the time invested in our relationship with God is more lucrative in the spiritual sense than spending every waking moment trying to earn more money that's just going to be burned up in the end anyway. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, Jim, as we take even a deeper dive into this topic of wisdom, what else do you see in the Proverbs that jumps out at you? It's interesting. Proverbs gives all these analogies and these pictures where you have Lady Wisdom as if she's the soul's true bride, and then there's Madame Folly, both a literal but also a figurative adulteress. And 
in Proverbs 4, he even uses language where wisdom will be for you like a crown. Same language it uses elsewhere of a wife is that the joy and the satisfaction of pursuing the knowledge of God through his word mm. is going to be precious and delightful in every sense. And the world is tantalizing us with its false wisdom, including money is all that matters, pleasure yeah. that money provides will make you happy. And that is spiritual adultery, which mm. will lead to misery. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's powerful. So, Jim, in our final moments here in this broadcast, uh, what would you share with our listeners who really want to apply uh, this understanding of the value of wisdom to their lives? Well, actually, I would plug the book you're giving away, my little book, mm. where for some yeah. people who aren't regularly in the Word, it's just two pages a day. It can be a great thing for a husband and a wife or a family that it, it reads the Scripture, it speaks from the scripture to people. So I think building into your life a habit of seeking God in his word. And for some people, it might be starting with little bite-sized chunks or you know, reading a chapter of Proverbs a day and really asking God to speak to you. And he promises that he will give us something better than financial wealth to, as we taste and see the goodness of God. Mm, no doubt about it. And, you know, my experience, Jim, is that this financial journey that we're on is one of the key ways God shapes our spiritual journey. There's just such a huge connection between our hearts and our money. And obviously, God is all about our hearts. Well, Jim, it's great advice for us today. Thanks for stopping by, my friend. Thank you. My pleasure. May the Lord bless you. Thank you, Jim. That's Jim Neuheiser. He's been our guest today. You can get his devotional money, Seeking God's Wisdom, all through December for any gift at moneywise.org. That's moneywise.org. Your calls are next, 800-525-7000. Stay with us. Do you ever feel stressed or anxious about money? If so, that's normal. But you don't have to accept that you can find peace of mind and financial security. Learn how with the 31-day devotional, Money Seeking God's Wisdom. You'll find powerful scripture and practical exercises for spiritual and financial growth. You can request your copy with a gift of any amount. Would you consider a monthly or one-time gift by December 31st? Just visit moneywise.org give. What if buying groceries, gas, or dining out could help change lives? With Christian Community Credit Union's Cards That Give to Missions, you can help spread the gospel, combat human trafficking, and protect vulnerable children with every purchase at no cost to you. Apply for your card today. More information is available at joinchristiancommunity.com. That's joinchristiancommunity.com. The Credit Union is an underwriter of this ministry. Membership eligibility required. Welcome back to Money Wise. I'm Rob West, your host. This is where we apply God's wisdom to your financial decisions and choices. We've got one line open, 800-525-7000. To Clinton, Iowa. David, you're next on the program, sir. Go ahead. About a year ago, I uh, gave uh, invested about $20,000 in a uh, corporation, and I told them what I'd like for them to do is be very conservative, but I would, you know, like just at least like to keep up with inflation. So the last statement I got, I actually have lost more than ten percent, and I've got just thinking, of, of wondering, what about, you know, ever since everything is nothing seems to be doing well today, 
Um, what about investing in gold? What would the consequences of, you know, the pros and cons be for investing in gold and, instead of putting it in some kind of a management program? Sure. The account that you have, and I'll weigh in on the gold question, but the account that you have now that you said you're down 10% on, how long have you been investing with that account? One year. One year. Okay. Yeah. So the challenge is, you know, it just happened to be a really difficult year. I mean, these last 12 months, the first few months, you got off to a great start. But then uh, since January the 1st, it's been a really challenging market. Uh, the other challenge is that you didn't experience the run-up over the last dozen years or so as the we had a really raging bull market. And I think the challenge is if we look at it in these short periods of time, it doesn't allow us to make the best decision. We really need to look longer term, which is why we only invest money that has certainly a you know five-year time horizon, 10 years or more is really the best. But we can't look at it in these slices of time that, uh, especially when we have an, you know, an unusual situation going on like we do now with 40 year high inflation. So I think from that standpoint, what I would encourage you to do, David, is stay the course, recognizing it's probably more about a timing issue than anything else. You got in the market right at the tail end of a bull market as we were entering this period of high inflation and the prospect of a recession. And so, you know, we're the market is down. Now, the good news is you're not down as much as the market, even over that one-year period. What about gold? Well, uh, I mean, I like gold as an alternate asset class, but as one piece of a properly diversified portfolio. Typically, I would say no more than 5% in gold. If this is money that has the proper time horizon, meaning 10 years plus, then I think that's where I would stick with what you've got, especially now, given that if you were to sell these investments or your advisor did on your behalf, you would lock in these unrealized losses and realize them as opposed to giving them the chance to come back. I think in this period of time, it's really an opportunity not only to stay with our long-term strategy, but also where appropriate to add to our positions because we're able to essentially buy at a discount. You're buying you know, whatever companies you own uh, much cheaper than you were uh, you know, just a year ago. So I think from all of that perspective, that would be the direction that I would go. But give me your thoughts. Well, yeah, I, I was also thinking about, you know, the problem with gold is, is to, first of all, make sure that you do buy gold as, as truly as pure as what they say it is. And then if you do want to turn it in, then you've got to buy a, find a buyer. And well, right. That, so you've got the, the premiums on the buying and the selling uh, if you're going through a dealer, which is what folks would typically do. And then you've got to determine, you know, are you buying the, the bullion? Are you buying the coins? Um, you know, so you've got that issue as well. Uh, a lot of times what folks will do when they want to take an allocation of gold is just buy one of the gold tracking ETFs. So this is an exchange traded fund that just moves with the price of gold. And then you bypass completely this idea of the markup on either side and the storage and security issues. Uh, you're just essentially benefiting from the, the rise of the precious metal over time as a part of your portfolio without having to deal with all these other factors of taking physical possession. So I might look at uh, that option as well, David. So I certainly wouldn't be rushing if it were me to sell out of the portfolio I have and move it into gold for the reasons that I mentioned. At the end of the day, you're the steward, so you 
you've got to make that call, but I would count the cost, uh, you know, before you do it and just look at the long-term performance. Don't get caught up in a kind of short-term thinking. Let's, let's keep the broad view when it comes to investing. And that uh, is generally going to serve you the best over time. David, we appreciate your call today, sir. Thank you. Uh, to Cleveland, Denise, you're next on the program. Go ahead. Hi, yes. I want to buy my granddaughter car. She's 17. I've been looking around getting estimates, but the insurance is like 150 to $200 a month. She doesn't live with me. Can you give me some advice? Well, unfortunately, uh, car insurance is expensive, and especially for a young lady uh, who's 17 years old, that's where you're going to spend uh, quite a bit of money. I've got uh, two sons that are just entered the driving world, and it's pretty uh, astronomical what you have to pay for insurance these days. I think I would start with whoever is by, uh, uh, handling your current property and casualty insurance. If you have car insurance and hopefully homeowners with the same company, bundling is going to often be your best option. So I would do that, but then you could compare it if you wanted to shop it around with Select Quote or any number of these online resources that will go out and price hunt for you. Now, keep in mind, price isn't the only factor when it comes uh, to to getting insurance, you want to look at just the, um, you know, how they're going to handle the claims and how responsive they will be and just the customer service side of things. Uh, but uh, at the same time, it's worth considering other options if you're looking to save some money. Now, the other piece of this is both, um, you know, the school record. If you have a, a student that is performing well in school, you can get a good student discount. You can also get um, a um, safe driving discount if she can take a safe driving course. And you'll want to check with your um, insurance carrier or, well, really your agent to find out exactly which courses will provide you the best benefit there. And then, uh, avoiding any moving violations, you know, as uh, she's a driver will also help over time as well. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to be pricey just because of her age and she's a new driver. So shopping around and make sure you take advantage of all of these other discounts that uh, you have would be a, a, a great option. Does that make sense? Yes. And the policy can go in her name, right? Uh, well, it would typically be in, uh, no, the parent's name, whoever owns the vehicle, then she would be added as a driver uh, to that policy. That's going to be the least expensive way to do it. Okay, but they said that she had to live with me and she doesn't, so... Okay. I would okay. call your agent and just find out how they want to okay. handle that. But make sure you take advantage of these other discounts that should be available to her as well, and that'll save you a few dollars. Uh, let's see. Jima in California, you go right ahead. Uh, yes, sir. Um, I am retired, semi-retired. I'm a registered nurse, and uh, I have a 401k that is very small. Um, because I live alone, so I have to pay my house and all that. But besides that, um, I have uh, credit cards that I would like to pay off uh, for because of the high interest. And um, I was wondering if it would be wise to uh, borrow, like, uh, my 401k, like 40000 If I can borrow about 15000 I get the interest back to okay. me. And... Uh, um, you know, the market's fluctuating so much, it's taking all my money. 
Sure. All right, let's do this. I've got to take a quick break. When we come back, I'll weigh in on your question. And we've got a lot more questions lined up. 800-525-7000. This is MoneyWise. Stick around. We'll be right back. God's Word is packed with life-changing wisdom about your finances. And MoneyWise is here to help you and millions of others learn to be wise stewards. As a nonprofit organization, we rely on help from MoneyWise patrons, supporters of this mission, to help us continue and expand our outreach. Has God provided financial answers for you through this ministry? If so, please consider becoming a monthly MoneyWise patron. Visit MoneyWise.org and click Give on the homepage. We are grateful for support from Praxis Mutual Funds. Praxis Mutual Funds has seven impact strategies that are designed to create positive real-world change. More information is available at PraxisMutualFunds.com. The fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses are contained in the prospectus and summary prospectus. This and other information is available at PraxisMutualFunds.com. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Foreside Fund Services, LLC. Welcome back to Money Wise. I'm Rob West, your host, taking your calls and questions today on anything financial. 800-525-7000 is the number to call. Back to the phones. Gemma is in California. Just before the break, she was sharing with us that she's got some credit card debt, potentially as much as 20000 She's wondering if she should borrow from a 401k that's relatively small to pay that off. And uh, Gemma, I was asking uh, just before the break, uh, are you still with that company uh, yes. You are. Okay, you're still working there. Yes, yes. Okay, very good. Yeah, and once you separate from the company, that's not an option. But did you say this is, in fact, credit card debt? Pardon me? Is the debt that you're looking to pay off credit card debt? Yes, yes. Okay. I have... Uh, yeah. Yeah. I would not borrow from that 401k, Gemma, and here's why. Number one is I'd love for that money to continue to grow for the future. If you pull it out, you're going to have, even if you're over 59 and a half and you won't have a penalty, it's all going to be taxable to you. So that's a pretty big bite coming out. Uh, it's no longer then available to continue to grow, so you can tap into it down the road. And thirdly, my experience is that when we do it that way and just kind of wipe it out, uh, we tend not to build the disciplines in that's going to allow us to keep that debt paid off. And so now all of a sudden we've got that uh, loan against the 401k. And if you separate from the company, it's all taxable. Uh, but beyond that, the credit card debt comes back because of lifestyle spending beyond your means. What I would prefer to see you do is to leave that 401k right where it is, especially because it's likely down with the market if it's invested in stocks. Um, let that account recover. Don't lock in those losses now. And then secondly, um, use a credit counseling program to pay off the credit card debt. So essentially what would happen is uh, they would reach out to each of your creditors, get the interest rates to reduced, and through the reduction of those interest rates and one level monthly payment, you can pay off this credit card debt uh, 80% faster, but you'll do it as a part of your monthly spending plan every month, as opposed to having to borrow the money from yourself in the 401k or anybody else. 
And I think that's a better long-term strategy that will both, you know, help you resolve whatever uh, factors got you into the credit card debt in the first place. But secondly, keep that 401k intact and then let that money grow for the future and not create the potential for that to become a, a distribution if, in fact, you separate from the company, which it would be at that point. We appreciate yes, your yes. call today. Thank you. All right. To uh, Illinois we go. Irma, you're next on the program. Go ahead. Um, I have a quick question. I'm 64 years old right now, and I'm planning on trying to retire at 70. But my question is, do I still have to get that Part B if I have um, insurance, full coverage, everything with my employer? And if uh, I you, don't take it, you do not. will I be penalized when you I won't. do take it at a... okay. No, ma'am. So you don't have to sign up for Medicare Parts A and B when you turn 65 if you still have coverage with an employee-sponsored plan that has more than 20 employees. Would that be true of your situation? Yes. Okay. So then when your employer health insurance ends, you'll have a special enrollment period at that point to sign up for Medicare Parts A and B with no penalty. Okay. And they will give me that... um because my birthday is at the beginning of the year and the enrollment will be over with, will there be an option for me to do it at that point or do I have to wait till the next year? Yeah, no, there's a special enrollment period that coincides with the determination of your employee-sponsored uh, health insurance plan. So you won't have to wait for the following year. You'll be able to do it right away. Oh, okay. And is there a certain amount of time I need to let them know that I'm retiring and to go through that process so they can send me information or what will I have to do during that? Yeah, just know that you're going to have a period of time. I can't remember exactly how many months it is that you'll have, but you will have plenty of time uh, to get that enrollment. So what I would do is as you're nearing the end of your employment uh, with your current uh, employer, just go ahead and, and research the um, the various uh, Medicare options so that you're ready to enroll once that ends. And during that special enrollment period, uh, you'll be able to do that. Actually, my team is telling me you'll have three months on either side of the end date. So three months before, all the way to three months after, a six-month window where you can enroll in Medicare Parts A and B, uh, coinciding with the end of your current employment, okay? Okay. Can I just ask one more question that's kind of separate than the, what this is? It's about sure, Social go ahead. Security. Okay. Of course, I'm going to be continuing to work, and I'm not going to um, accept Social Security until I physically retire. So if I wait till I'm 70, um, I am under, I was told that if you wait till you're 70, you get this extra percentage of money from the government that they put into your social security. That's right. It's like extra money that they give you. How is that allocated? Would they allocate that at the end when I tell them I'm retiring, put that in and then calculate that into how much I get um, per month? Well, remember, your Social Security benefits are changing all the time based on your work record and when you choose to elect receiving to receive benefits. So in your case, uh, you get one twelfth of eight percent credited to that uh, 
benefit every month beyond your full retirement age. And so that's just kind of being credited in the background. And then once you start benefits, whatever the actual amount is that you're entitled to based on your work record, plus the crediting of that one twelfth of 8% every month would be what drives the, um, the benefit you receive. Okay, because the reason I'm asking, I've been working since I've been 16 years old. So <laughs> I was just trying to figure out how this benefit would, so they will calculate that within when I tell them I'm retiring and go through that process. Yeah, it's calculated in, using or? something called an average index monthly earnings. So it the average summarizes 35 years of indexed earnings, and then they look at the highest years uh, during that period to apply of your entire work record. And then on top of that, you get a credit of one twelfth of 8% uh, for every month you work beyond full retirement age. So you're going to get every bit you were entitled to at full retirement age based on your work record, plus this additional amount for the months and years you wait beyond full retirement age up to age 70, where it caps. Thanks for your call, Irma. Well, that's all our time today. But before we go, if this program has been a blessing to you, would you consider becoming one of our prayerful and financial supporters that helps this program stay on the air? You can donate securely online when you click the donate button on our website at moneywise.org. And thanks in advance. My thanks also to our broadcast team, Amy, Dan, Brandy, Rob, Kent, Rich, and Jim. And I hope you'll make plans to join us again next time for another edition of Money Wise. Money Wise is provided by Money Wise Media and listeners like you. Money.